To lightning strikes thrice, it's much more than a suit. This is season four, episode <laughs> nine, covering the DLC episodes of Final Fantasy 15, and I am your host, Chris Taylor, and with me is Matt Marcus, Bill Holmes, and Justin Bortnick. This episode, we're just going to run down all of the DLCs of the game, starting with episode Beefcake. Mm-hmm. So, episode Gladius. We open on the uh, the Mad Lads camping. Uh, Gladio and Ignis are talking. Uh, Gladio says uh, the food was good. Ignis was like, damn right, it's good. Prompto asks about the... He says right. something basically just like that. <laughs> yes, you, you fuck you. Bet your fucking ass it is. Uh, Prompto asks about the other scar on Gladio's face, uh, the one that's horizontal across his forehead that wasn't there at the beginning of the game, if you don't remember. Gladio says, oh, you should have seen the other guy, and says that the guy's name was the Blade Master. And the camera's panning behind him, and you can see uh, like a big katana. Like He's leaning against the chair, and obviously that's going to be important. Here we could uh, do a, a brief tutorial which is basically just getting comfortable with uh, Gladio's move set. It's pretty much just the uh, the major, you know, using a the big broadsword with Noctis. Except you have these other moves you can do. Like he has his own tech tree or you know, tech skills. Um, but other than that, it's pretty much straightforward block parries. Yeah, pretty straightforward. At the end of this, he gets a call from Kor, who is hanging out at the crow's nest, uh, waiting for Gladio. Gladio had contacted him saying, hey, I want to go do this thing. And Kor is like, OK. So they go over to uh, like the crow's nest, which, you know, is one of the diners uh, outposts. And Kor is there with the coffee. Gladio sits down and is a dick and just orders water. Yeah, what an <laughs> asshole. <laughs> like, I always feel bad, even though like I don't want anything else. Even if I just say, oh, yeah, I just want water, I feel like a dick. Order fries <laughs> and don't eat them, you prick. Yeah. So, Kor asks again if he's ready to take on the Blade Master, and uh, Gladio says that he is in it for just more than, than getting more power. No, and that's, Kor- that's all he's right? in it for. Not more than that. That's just oh. all I want. More of it. In it just for more power. Okay, so yeah, so so yeah, Gladio says, Yes, I need more power. I want more power. This is the way to do it. And Core. He's the Tim Taylor of this uh, group. What? Mm-hmm. Tim Allen. 
He's making a, a home improvement, home improvement reference. reference. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, really into the power tools. Anyway, uh, Core reveals oh, that man. the. I was hoping there was more to that than that. No, no, that no. was it. That was it. <laughs> Congratulations, you got the joke. Anyway, Core reveals that the Blade Master is Gilgamesh. Which hell yeah, <gasps> Gilgamesh is great. Good uh, music. Yeah, does he? Uh, it's. He's got one of the best songs in the series. Yeah, this is not a good version of it, I don't think. This is the version you would get if you said to someone, write an orchestral pedal on the big bridge. That's not exciting. Yeah, it, it's not quite as, like, it's not as good as the one we saw in 13-2, which was pretty rad. I a- anyway. expected it to not be in this game just because of what this game is. I was happy that it was there at all. Yeah, it feels like if Gilgamesh shows up and they don't play Battle at Big Bridge, then somebody fucked up. Well, like... Even like just comparing orchestral versions, right? Like his um his Dissidia version is way better than this. Yeah. Somebody fucked up could be a lot of decisions that was made in this game. I wasn't gonna yes. say that, but I'm glad you did. <laughs> yeah, oh, well, you mean, I mean like the part where they let Tabata leave after episode Arden is what it is? I mean like how about the part where they actually released this particular DLC? <laughs> oh god, dude, it's so bad. <laughs> yeah, why would you lead with this? This is the DLC you make while you're still making your mediocre base game. Yeah, this this definitely feels like super stripped down, but like this is the least complex of the three mechanics. It's not even about really the character shows. it's named after. It's about Marshall Core. It really is mostly about Core. Uh, it's a good fight, though. I'm sure we'll talk about that later. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. So they're they're talking about a cave. Uh, Gilgamesh is in the cave. They sent men in the caves before on expeditions. No one has been able to find anything or made it out alive you know really just building up the suspense here which i think is and, hilarious because he's like we've gotten no information and also everyone's died yeah in that That's order information yeah yeah which is funny because we will learn that he is the one guy who did make it out of there yeah what a fucking what a prick why did you lie to me yeah because it's like hey uh by the way i'm the guy who knows all the shit so we enter the cave and there are corpses pinned all over uh, to its walls by swords, and it looks awesome. Going in, some of the bodies start standing up and attack you. Blade Master's men have sworn their duty in life and in death. Seems Slide like a down deal. water. Yeah. <laughs> That's definitely how you get under $15 an hour wages. <laughs> yeah, always read the contract before you sign it. Yeah, I was going to say it's the ultimate capitalist utopia. <laughs> when you literally own your soul to the company store. <laughs> uh, you slide down a waterfall and fight a huge snake. You see the ghostly Gilgamesh. He attacks and destroys Gladio. Just like, I don't know how you can win that fight. You can't because you can't do any damage and you can't block. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like one of the things that happens mechanically is that enemies will glow red which means their attacks are on well i guess you could block them but you'll take damage and i think you you get knocked back or stunned don't you very good yeah, then to bit, teach yeah. you this mechanic they completely negate in five minutes now you can block anything except yeah. like you still kind of can't like i i found that even like after that i thought oh great i don't have to worry about the red glows and then i still get damage it's just probably i think it's less damage yeah, but they had to justify the third boss. Oh, sure. I guess it would have been the second one, but still, they, they have to like add a mechanic just so they can add a mechanic to counter it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this, so, this DLC.txt. 
Yeah, I mean, no Gladio kidding. has a flashback of his failure to protect Noctis against Ravis. Gilgamesh back is his forward. We pr- proceed to a rest stop and enjoy a cup of noodles. I did like that it was a fucking cup noodle. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, flash- and, and they're still sitting in Coleman camping chairs. Are they? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everything's still branded. Oh, yeah. They're just core cheering, like, reuse the camping assets. I mean, yeah, yeah, you'd want to reuse the. Right, but also like, hey, got to make sure you get another. Uh, I, I guess they would have to pay again for it, right? Like, I don't know what's in the contract, but they probably I, have to. It depends on the contract, yeah. At yeah, least yeah. in the overworld, you can narratively say this is dumb, but they have thirty Coleman camping sets in the trunk, and here it's just, I guess, Core is carrying these. Uh huh. Well, why do you think Gladio invited them? Core, I need some yeah. material my shit. Hey, Core, have you ever been a caddy before? Core tells the blade masters here tells us the blade masters here to test us, not to train us. We'll be killed if we aren't prepared. Core was unprepared and barely made it out alive. He then compliments Cup of Noodle, calling it more than, much more than a soup. <laughs> he, he, and he does this every almost every time you camp. Yeah, it's like so after good. you camp, you start walking by. Like, mm, that was more than much more than a soup. Was that yeah, a, it's, is that an official slogan, or is that just? I don't think says? so. <laughs> I don't. I don't think it's a slogan. I have no idea. Also, I hope you camp every time because that's where all of the narrative content of the TLC is. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. I never they, camp. You have conversations. Yeah, you have uh, conversations with a uh, core, or you can like ask him questions, and he'll like expound on what's this going DLC's on. It's got to be like thirty minutes if you don't camp. It was very short. <laughs> yeah. Uh huh. Core then you know, say uh, after much more combat, we arrive at a glowing blade. Pull it out, and a wall crumbles to reveal a ter- uh, trial chamber. Yeah, uh, there's a Nurgle in here, right? So you you have to defeat that, and then you get completely you- jacked up. On some some blue light, uh, which lets you instantly, I guess, block. It just stops everything, right? It's like a, a perfect shield. Yeah, it's a pretty good deal for just mailing a package to Abu Dhabi. Yep. Uh, <laughs> and there's another rest site where you talk with Kor some more, and Gladio asks if his father also undertook the trial. And Kor says no, because he was scared of failing as the shield of the king. It's because he was a wuss, which we've seen, right? Uh, in, was in he? That, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he he couldn't save Regis in the end. Whereas, well, he uh, wasn't there to there to do it. So yeah. I don't know. That well, feels like to be in two places at once. What yeah, kind of General Glauca can do it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, you you go through this combat pillar smash tutorial and hit another trial. With Enki Do, which I guess when you've that's, when that's you've a, heard of Pillar Men, but have never watched an anime, yeah. that's a I haven't played Final Fantasy V, but Enki Do's from there, right? He's Gilgamesh's sidekick, yeah, probably. <laughs> I, I think so. I mean, in in the legend, he is, but I, I have no idea. Um, it's like a big Quetzalcoatl bird thing on fire. Yeah, it's the um the boss from when they make you go into that dungeon for the Mithril, but he's on fire instead of covered in lightning. Well. Mm-hmm. I guess uh, lightning didn't strike twice there. Uh, no, well, it struck three times when we were picking up uh, yeah. Rama. Uh, there are two pillars, <laughs> and you can use them to bring it down to half health, and then you just need to block everything from there and do parries on the slam to get more of that delicious, delicious light 
and get a new Glaivart the Maelstrom. That good, good ghost juice. Yep. Mm-hmm. Gilgamesh tells you that thousands have died here and that the kingdom of Lucis is, is weak now because it has been coddled by the king and made complacent by peace, which I, I don't know. I feel like based on everything we've <laughs> Are seen... Are you a vengeance boss? <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think it's made weak by the number of people that Gilgamesh killed in yeah, this cave. that seems so bad. Yeah. Uh-huh. Thousands of citizens have given their lives... So, for nothing. Yeah. I, do they tell we us We should fight this crazy long, immortal guy in a cave. How long has, has Lucis been at peace? Because everything we've seen, like, even in the, the flashback DLCs that we'll talk about later, like, mm-hmm. it seems like war's been going on for decades. Uh, Lucis has been at peace for about 400 years, and the war ha- the war- and then the war has been about 100 years long. Yeah, I don't know about this guy. I think this is just a straight-up lie. And he's been down here for like several two millennia. Years. Yeah, yeah. Uh, two millennia is what That's they say. Several hundred yeah. years. That is. Several well, he would have gone down here after Arden was betrayed, right? So, yes, he would be down here before Lucis was founded. Yeah. So it just became the fun party activity of let's go fight the elder monster in the cave. Anyway, mm-hmm. as a result of how complacent he feels that the kingdom has become, he thinks it is impossible for a worthy shield to be born here. Uh, Gladio says, nah, I can do it. Uh, and then you have to fight a bandersnatch on a big bridge. Uh-huh. And glad they got that model in there, too. There's another rest stop. Uh, Cor will tell us about his previous, tri- previous trial. Uh, he remembers basically nothing other than how Gilgamesh was so good. It seems like he was a mind reader. Uh, there's also this bit where Gladio says, does this look familiar to you? I'm like, my guy, I could not remember what a cave looked like 30 years ago. Fuck off. We do mm. have to fight a, uh, a demon wall. It has a different name uh, and reach another trial. We fight a fire giant. And after our victory, we get an aura that lets us damage Gilgamesh, which seems incredibly useful. Uh-huh. There's, an, there's yet another rest, and we ask Kor about what was going through his mind when he was in the trial, and he was uh, brash and thought he was invincible. He was injured and cast out, and uh, his comrades called him merely immortal instead of invincible. We approach a crystal wall, and Kor exposes his katana to it and shatters. No one tells us what's up with that. I want to know. Kor tells him it his seems father, symbolic. Yeah. That's all. Kor tells him his father would have tried to stop him um, because a shield can stake his life for none but his liege, not even himself. Kor says he's on his own and any mistake can cost him his life. And Gladio says, I'll be fine and maybe come back with a souvenir. Which, Which seems a little bit selfish considering the king's mission. Yeah, but it's it's kind of a fun snarky line, and you know exactly what what's going to happen with that. So, like, I'm okay with that. There's this bit where Kor asks, "Do they know we're here?" Here, and he just goes, "Nah, I told him I had business." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, because this happens that part where Gladio leaves the party for ten minutes, right? So he's just like, "I got stuff to do later." Hmm. So yeah, that's yeah. Uh, so. We start the fight with uh, Gilgamesh, and we, I don't know if we described him earlier, but he's missing an arm. Uh, it's a, he's a one-armed, uh, armored dude. And it, I, I think the one-armed thing is cool, and that actually plays out in the story. Uh, so well, we fight him a on a... fire arm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so, so yeah, we, we fight him on a big bridge covered in swords, 
So it's a battle on Big Sword Bridge. And thank we... you for repeating the joke, which is the only reason I wrote that. <laughs> uh, just making sure it lands. That's all. OK, perfect. Uh, a plus delivery. There you go. So, yeah, you fight him. Uh, there's a second phase. And the thing with fighting Gilgamesh is that he like warps around a lot in the second stage. Like it, he, he could stun lock you. And because your sword swing is so slow, it becomes really tough to figure out when you can hit him, especially when he's not hitting you. And partway through the fight, uh, Gladio, we get a little cutscene where Gladio gets the cut across his forehead. And eventually you that we needed to know the backstory for that was it. That that was the one thing that carried forward for, into the main that's game. The, that's the only question that anyone asked about the content of the game. Also, fuck you, yeah. Gladio. The other guy seems fine at the end of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We 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 did mention. Yeah, he does grow a firearm. Like when you think he's you're gonna like Gladio's about to like cleave him in two, the firearm comes out and like catches the blade, and it's like, oh shit. <laughs> Damn Gilgamesh bringing firearms to a sword fight. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That was all right. Yeah. So after uh, Gladio wins, he admits that he was afraid that he was uh, not cut out to do the job of protecting Noctis. And Gladio leaves without killing Gilgamesh. And Gilgamesh is impressed uh, by him and says that he is a true shield for the chosen king. And it turns out all you need to do to be a shield is to achieve inner peace, which makes me wonder why anybody else has ever been a shield (laughs) because no one has done this before. It also makes me wonder how Gladio has maintained his inner peace throughout the next five, six chapters of the game. Yeah, he totally, he totally... fly off the rails. But, but on the inside, he's serene. <laughs> uh, Gilgamesh gives us uh, Kor's old sword, the big uh, katana. It's probably not a katana. It probably has a different name because it's so big. It's probably but... called the Masamune, please. Hilariously, yeah, in all of the cutscenes, it appears to get longer and longer until it's like a Sephiroth sword by the end. Yeah, yeah, it, it's like a Zanbato is like what it turns into. It's huge. Wow, Matt, tell us more about how you just went to Japan. <laughs> I didn't. I'm going to Japan next week. <laughs> oh, fuck. I, I just it. know that because uh, and I, I believe it's called the Genji Blade in the when you bring it back into the main game. I think you're right. Yeah. 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 I just I just know that from watching uh oh god, Rurouni Kenshin in high school. Wow. <laughs> Even though that the Zanbato in that show is not the same thing of the actual real thing that that is. Anyway, yeah, Gilgamesh says, "Hey, by the way, uh there was another guy down here before and he impressed me a lot and uh cut my arm off with this sword. So here, you can have it." Uh <laughs> And at first, Gladio's like, I can't, I can't take this. This isn't my sword. And, and Gilgamesh is like, yo, just fucking take it. And he's like, okay. Um, Kor's waiting. Like at- you need another sword? <sighs> I mean, I, the thing is, I don't know, is this sword special? Like, w- when we hear about, like, Kor talk about himself, he's always, like, self-deprecating and saying how much, like, he was a fool and he was brash and he did not always up. But apparently he had a fucking good-ass sword for being 20. And also, he was able to cut off Gilgamesh's arm, despite saying yeah. he was unprepared. Yeah. Imagine, like, just a core who knows he's hot shit, and that's all he talks about. Mm-hmm. That would have sucked. I'm really glad we got the other core instead. Yeah. Yeah, we, I think we, yeah, We yeah. had that, it's called Gladio. That's, mm, true. Yeah, I mean, that is, 
It is the source of Korra's nickname. So we did get two things out of this DLC. Why Korra is called the Immortal and also the Scar. So that's the only things we get out of this. I don't know how I got this Scar. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Basically, Korra says, uh, like, Korra sees, us, uh, sees Gladio says, hey, I didn't think you'd get out of there. And Gladio's like, hey, here's your sword. And Korra's like, you keep it. And Gladio's like, okay. <laughs> and then we go back to the camping narr- camping narrative frame, uh, and it adds nothing other than Ignis realizing that, like, Gilgamesh is 2,000 years old. I wrote millions here because I was really drunk and couldn't remember what a millennia was. Yeah, 2,000. <laughs> uh, so... What I don't get is, this doesn't explain, okay, so after that, how did he end up at the power plant? Uh, He just decided to go back to Lestalem from there. Yeah, he's like, I guess I'll make some bus fare. I mean, that's, (laughs) that is, uh, I think if a guy walks into the bus with a sword that big, you don't charge him fare. Probably not. Yeah, and also his, is it his sister still hanging out in Lestalem at this point, or is she in Kaim? She's in Kaim now, right? Yep. Uh, yeah, yeah, because yeah, they just you just got to Kaim. Yeah, because you drive her to Kaim, and then that's when you find out you need to get the mithril, and then you need to take it to the power plant. So she's already at Kaim. Yeah, yeah. After so fucking, it doesn't like, make sense. Three for... hour car drive there. Yeah, there's no point, and there's it, this is like filling in a hole you didn't need to have. Yep. Like yeah. So we get to the next episode, right, there, which yes, is there's the core fight. Did you guys do that? No, There's a core I tried fight. it. Oh, no, I haven't tried the core it's, fight. It, it, it's, it's really good. It's unlockable once you... Is it? Yeah, yeah it, it unlocks once you uh, complete the main quest. Are there any? Is there any narrative content when you win it? Um, I don't think there's any narrative content. It's just a really... I, I would say it's probably the hardest fight in the game, including all of the DLCs. It's, it's almost... So it's actually really well-tuned because they just give you a character with set stats and abilities, and so they know exactly what you're going into with it. And it feels a lot... Mm -hmm. Like, I'm going to make a dumb comparison, but it feels like a Dark Souls fight uh, because (laughs) everything is telegraphed and you can just take him apart if you play perfectly, but he is very, very fast and you have to... I never beat him. I got him down to one hit once and died and felt bad, so I stopped. But I would recommend, yeah. like, even if you didn't so it's exactly like... like a Dark Souls fight. Yeah. <laughs> I feel... Even if you didn't like this DLC, which I agree, I did not think this was a very good DLC, that fight was really fun. So, uh, mm-hmm. I would say if you played through this DLC, you might as well check out that fight. It's, out of all of the yeah. extra fights across all the DLCs, it's the only one I thought was entertaining at all. There's a, like, a time trial thing, too, isn't there? Yeah, these are all score based. For some reason, they decided to uh, append scoring to these and they'll give you a certificate with your score and grades. It's so hopefully you play it again and find more value in this terrible DLC. You should not buy it. It asked me if I wanted to post those certificates to my profile on the PlayStation Network. Yeah, I was like, Uh nope, it does. No, no, thank you. Would you like to Uh, tweet these? Yeah, the the only reason really to play this is because you got the Royal Edition and you're bored for like mine came with the season pass because Royal Edition didn't exist yet. Yeah, yeah.
Hi, all Lightning Strikes Thrice is part of the Pitch Drop Podcast Network. To support the show, please go to patreon.com forward slash pitch drop or our newest redirect, tentacle.pro. Because a few bucks every now and then, please rate and review if you got a chance. Uh, we have uh, several other podcasts to listen to that we will mention at the end of the show, but Buffalo No Stop, Being Jim Davis, Bang Mar Sucks, etc. And now back to the show. Anyway, so we get to episode Prompto. Metal Gear Solid 5. Point one. I Metal guess. Gear. <laughs> I can't think of a good pun here. <laughs> uh, so we open up in a Prompto in a blizzard in Winter Gear. This is right after he would have gotten thrown off the train. Which he doesn't make any sense, by the way, because he gets thrown off in an area that isn't snowy. <laughs> yeah, he gets thrown off in the desert. Like He, he does, but... Uh, Maybe he just, I don't know, maybe he's marching the whole time. Yeah, he's been walking. I mean, he could follow yeah. the train tracks, right? He knows where he has to go. He could just follow. Yeah, and the, and the tracks do lead into the, the icy area. But, like, this is definitely, like, some period of time later. And he wasn't walking around along tracks. And he's, I don't even know where he got the winter gear. But anyway. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense. So anyway, he's low. We love him, but field. he's not very good at navigating. Or... A lot of things. He's he's a golden retriever. He's very pretty, but not very bright. And I say that having had two golden retrievers. Uh, alone in the snowfield, walking toward a beam of light. Okay, man. All days my friends were golden retrievers. It's okay. <laughs> he's a, he appears to be on his last legs and slowly trudged towards a telephone pole. He collapsed into the snow and sees Imperials drop down next to him. And you have a flashback to Fra- Fat Prompto, where he has glasses. The adult king's guard walk past him, while Prompto tells us all he ever wanted was friends. And now that he has them, he's lived in fear that they would find out who he is and abandon him. <laughs> making for the flashback is a great note. That's uh, that that that's Chris's note. I I think yeah, I, know. Th- I thought this was very jarring the way they like just decided to reuse this like location and just put like first of all make a fat prompto model, but then just have him just sit there. And like, this definitely doesn't feel like a thing that really happened because he doesn't even talk to Noctis until he's thin. Right. Um, Like, like he talks to him the one time and Noctis tells him he's heavy, which is why he goes on a five year weight loss journey. That's that is is correct. But he doesn't, he, he would not have gotten into the palace before, like to, to the Citadel prior to this. So this is all like, metaphorical i guess as a dream sequence <laughs> what i mean is the uh, the cinematography for the flashback is great like they do a lot with the um the moving the camera during cutscenes and um mm-hmm. like filter stuff like technically speaking the filmmaking part of it is great yeah so matt you say you wouldn't have got into the palace without this or like as fat prompto i mean as far as we know he wouldn't have any chance to It'd be so much smaller. It'd be so much harder to hide behind cover. (laughs) I mean, unless he finds like whatever path it was that the cat took out of the uh, 
out of the palace. He just finds that and goes in. Then I, I don't think he gets in there, man. I, mean, I think it, he gets stuck in the duct at that point. <laughs> yeah. Well, but this does teach us that, you know, like all formerly fat people, are still like a fat kid living inside them. Yep. That's that's not a joke. That's actually true. Just <laughs> feed me Seymour if your name is Seymour. It's mm-hmm. weird if it's not. Yeah, so Prompto wakes up inside of a facility, uh, and he finds this research log written by a guy named Verstale. And it's yes, about how... He has a very severe case of villain voice. Yeah. Uh, Seriously. I, I, played it, I played with the Japanese voices, so oh. they, they all oh sounded like they were speaking Japanese to me. You gotta, well, you gotta check it sense. out. It is way over the top. Okay. Yeah, he... he he sounds like a Sith Lord. It makes it so funny in episode Arden when him and Arden are having like a candlelit dinner talking to each other. It's just two people with extreme villain voice having a chat. But but one of them has like, uh, like at least Arden sounds like a Shakespearean actor so- who sounds exhausted. <laughs> imagine if Caius was also there. Oh, jeez. And Ravis. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah, Ravis has extreme villain voice also. Uh, in japanese he just sounds like a like an adult man like a a yeah wait are you saying that all adult men sound evil Uh, all adult men sound alike that's why no one can tell any of our voices apart (laughs) apparently that's a thing i've seen the news matt that's a really good point chris (laughs) anyway uh, this this log that he finds, the research log, is about how to improve troop performance by adding a demon-fueled Magitek core, and this is based <laughs> on information that he got from Arden. So, he walks up to a door, no, and, like, hmm? It's not like we just skipped the part where he's like, maybe we should give him PCP. What if we inserted a demon <laughs> core into their heart? Makes sense. So he walks up to a door and scans his barcode because he's secretly a robot. And Arden mm-hmm. appears behind him with a gun and says that he is the in the first ever Magitek facility and that the troopers or the demons are fr- all from here. This is his original home. And Prompto mm-hmm. leaves. Takes a, takes a break. Wait a second. He's got a barcode tattoo and he's sneaking into area. Is he Agent 47? He could be. That's where you went with it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, because it could have gone somewhere very different. People, if this DLC is uh-huh. any uh, indication, it's like Agent eighty six. <laughs> yeah, and also like his his resting animation when you hang by the uh, th- uh, the vending machine is very funny to me because he just sits on the side of it. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I, I don't know. You Imagine if troopers get thirsty. Right, but like it's a corporation. There's vending machines everywhere. <laughs> You'd think that they would just have like a, a water fountain or something. Like who's who's this money going to? The the company that supplied the vending machine? No, why do that when you can extract even more money from your employees' labor? But aren't the employees all robots? <laughs> Other than the, uh, no, the, no, no, the scientists are not robots. I guess. Yeah, yeah, but like. It's just a very fun... He looks so sad. And it's just like, have a rest. And he's just like, oh. This DLC is the worst. Uh, I, do actually, I actually love how, it's like, instead of going to a campsite or, you know, a nice hotel or anything, your resting place is next to a vending machine. 
that yeah. sells the specific coffee drink yep. Ignis is way into. <laughs> well, uh-huh. he's a sad clone. Yeah. Yes. He's the world. He is a sad boy. Does uh, he know that Verstel we... is his dad? Or does uh, we yet? find out. No, yeah, we find he finds out right yeah. before he shoots him in the face. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> I don't don't remember when that happened, so. We get our combat tutorial, look through a window at hundreds of troops hooked up to a machine, uh, and then he goes, maybe Hardin was telling the truth. We get a stealth kill tutorial, which gives us a submachine gun, and then we find another research log that tells us troopers are having mental breakdowns, all of the troopers suffer ego death, and then he's like, hey, I got an idea. If the sense of self is a problem, why not inject babies with this demon juice? <laughs> By the way, we, we haven't... We haven't really described the the mechanics of of this one that it's like a third person. Sh- like we talked about it in the uh, well, the finale, the final the last episode of yeah. the main plot. You get th- you get three good guns: your revolver and a machete. The good guns are a submachine gun, sniper rifle, and bazooka, and they are all third person shooter except for the sniper rifle. And the thing I appreciate about the sniper rifle is it's a toggle aim down sights instead of a hold. You also get grenades. Mm-hmm. Also, yeah, the grenades. You get a bunch of grenades. I and prefer the bazooka good. significantly over the others. Oh, I like. The I was a sniper. Most. I did. I like the sniper. Yeah. the The problem is that, like, yeah the the main way to the only ways to really get ammo is that there's there's ammo like racks throughout most of the levels, at least the internal ones. But also, if you uh, knock a, an enemy down into critical status, they glow blue. You can uh, you can steal their weapon, which is what we do here. Uh, but we could also do press triangle, do a crack shot, which does a fuck ton of damage. Well, the overkill does a fuck ton of damage. It does about oh, the same yeah. amount of damage, but you get the ammo. The dis- difference is right. you have to be um, next to them, right. which is why I was doing a lot of sprinting at guys while shooting yeah. them and then doing the overkill and grabbing yeah. their guns. So I wound up rotating through all the guns a lot. Yeah, so th- see that makes that makes a certain sense. The thing with the crack shot is that you can like spam it for as long as there's like it doesn't knock them out of critical the second you hit it. So like when you start fighting the monsters outside, like you knock one down, you can get two to three uh, hits in, and you can like hit the damage cap. That with seems the crack better, shot. but less yeah. fun. It is less fun. We'll get to it. <laughs> oh, did you make the mistake of doing side content? Uh, yeah, I did some of it. I didn't do all of it. Oh, I did. All why of would it? you do that? Uh, just because I thought it might be interesting. <laughs> uh, I was told you get it wasn't a interesting for killing the behemoth. Duh. Uh, there, there is that. Yeah, there is one enemy that you might want to fight. So, yeah, there's another big encounter room. Uh, this is the one where you fight like tw- one of the one of the several times you fight like thirty guys. And uh, afterward, we get another research log where Verstyle monologues about how how will I get so many babies? I should clone them from myself. Uh, <laughs> and then we do another big encounter and get to a room full of clone tanks and uh prompto is pretty shook uh we can then find a note about how pr- the prompto line was destroyed due to defects except for one which was stolen boy those mm-hmm. defects are pretty obvious in retrospect <laughs> Oof. <laughs> 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 we then get a scene with Arnett and Verstai, uh I don't know. Whatever. Uh, I, I just love. I just love the implication that having yeah, really they low self esteem, baby, and then just gave him to some fucking randos. Uh-huh. But also, like that, the defect is having really low self esteem. It just it's 
And also, I guess, being overweight. Like, being prone to be overweight. It was just, like, being a goober. <laughs> like, like, a couple of them grew up, and they all had Prompto's personality, and they were like, oh, no, this can't, this can't continue. Oh, God. Imagine a whole garrison full of these guys. Oof. Man, Cannon got some real good contracts out of that military base. So, we get a cutscene of Arden and Versailles. Uh, they tell us Prompto was stolen, and then Arden is very dramatic about him being Prompto's dad. They do this from the other side of the window, so you yeah. still have time to find a research log in the middle of this cutscene. And uh-huh. it says, uh, the soldiers are finished, they are mentally unstable, but incredibly powerful. And that he was the person behind the attack on Lucis, uh, he planned it and prepared all the troops. This is the secret real villain of this game. Yeah, no, like, so much of what ends up being the power of the Empire was from this one dude. With Arden's help. I'm real glad they put a third hat on this plot. Yeah, no, it it starts getting real silly, like how they just keep adding more antagonists to this, uh, like through these DLCs, which I get they need an antagonist, but like they could have done better than this. Not like they had the Emperor to kick around. We never heard from him again. Yeah. Yeah. Like he, I mean, like it's, it's until the end of the game where you murder him and then that's it. I mean, that's still pretty rad. Like, I like that he turned into a demon. Like, I'm into that. But, like, the fight itself was not really that interesting. For style, as we mentioned, very Darth Vader. Prompto, uh, you know, points a gun at him and approaches him. And Verstyle's starting to get into Prompto's head. Prompto shoots uh, in the air and asserts that uh, his identity is Lucian, that he is a Lucian. And Verstyle calls him a failure. And we get a QTE where we get to shoot him in the face pretty good which is actually yeah it's like oh they really did the metal gear solid th- or metal gear solid three thing <laughs> so arda then comes in and taunts prompto you just you lost your friends and you murdered your family and you've got no one left and then the alarm Rude. goes off yeah that that <laughs> it's like really twisting the knife but like in a way i I'll, i appreciate it at least like when arda does something that's like okay that's kind of fun i'm okay I'm, I'm in for it you mean like all of the fedora tipping that happens in his DLC? Oh my god. Well, yes. <laughs> there's a lot of there's a lot of fedora. Uh so alarms go off and then Aranea busts through the ceiling with a with a great line of like, you really play hard to get. And she's actually wearing a good costume now. Like her Arctic outfit is actually really tasteful and I like it. Except for like the bit where it's a little too like a hair cleavagey. Anyway, so we flee through a, uh, we get on a snowmobile. We, we fight a bit with Aranea. Aranea, like, does a lot of damage and draws aggro, and it's great. We get into it a snowmobile. An incredibly overpowered tech ability. Oh, yeah. She is super strong. So we get onto a snowmobile, and she gives us a map and says, I'll hold off the soldiers. You get out of here. And you ride the snowmobile, dodging fire down, uh, like, it's kind of, I want to go like a cliffside. It's just like a little ravine that you drive through and it. Uh, it actually controls really well. It's Except, pretty tight. Uh, yeah, it's, it controls it, better than the car. Yeah, this uh, this is where I went like, yeah, this is full Metal Gear. You're you're even doing the escape sequence and then it does it again. <laughs> um, and then you drive it off a off a cliff. And eventually you make your way down to a campsite in a cave. It is pretty Metal Gear. You fight the you fight the Shago HUD later. Yeah, you do. And once uh, Prompto gets to the camp- campsite, he you know, cooks beans, 
up with a can of beans and eats by himself. And he goes, oh, it's just like how Ignis used to make it. It's a fucking can of beans. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but you can tell he's like trying to force it. Just like Ignis used to make. Like he's on the verge of crying. (laughs) Yeah, he's he's on the struggle bus right now, as the kids say. I do enjoy watching Prompto suffer. He hams it up so much that I hate him and enjoy it. Speaking of prompt of suffering, you get a prompt where you can attempt to burn barcode off your wrist with a hot stick. Uh-huh. Uh, did everyone do it? Hell yeah. Yeah, yeah same. I, I don't know what happens if you, if you don't do it, but uh, even if you... I did. I don't remember doing that. All, all I know is that uh, Aranea shows up and says, oh, that wasn't... You know that wasn't gonna work, and then just, yeah like stabs a potion up. into his wrist but it looks so funny the potion looks so goofy because it's clearly like the a very low level of detail model never meant to be seen this larger up close uh-huh it's also the sound of glass breaking which yeah you got this wound why not break a bottle over the top yeah of it? but but it I'm is sure re- that won't damage it it's really confusing, though, why, like, it raises a lot of questions, like, if you can't burn your own skin because, in this world, just because, right? We could burn it, but it's like a tattoo, it wouldn't come off. That's so weird, though. I don't know. It's It feels like it's breaking, like, reality a little bit to be like, you can't, uh, like, change your body at all, apparently. Well, I think you can, just more of one of those things, like, it would scar, but it still would not go away. Yeah, that's fair. But we also need it to be perfectly pristine so it works later in the game. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, That's the real reason I burn it. I'm like, time to fuck up the continuum. Oh, don't you wait, Chris. We'll get the, we'll get to where we fuck up the uh, the timeline. After Aranea shows up, almost the poisons, potions your wrist. Does it ran to the squad at Tenebrae and they're worried about him. Prompto says he can't go see him. He's not like them. He's a Niflheim soldier. I thought you fixed that, Matt. Why would I fix that? That's hilarious. It says, I don't say Niggleheim, by the way, (laughs) for the listeners. I definitely would have read that out loud. (laughs) Yes, that's what I was hoping would happen, but but I did the highlighting. Oh, well. Uh, (laughs) Aranea tells him to basically fuck off all that time that he spent with them. He doesn't understand them at all. Noctis is the one that made her look for him. We mm-hmm. could ask about the crew, and she says they're all right, given when Prompto asks about himself, she says Noctis was super worried about Prompto, and Prompto's relieved Noctis doesn't hate him after all. Aranea tells him to stop being a baby, and to get it together and find his friends. And she, like, straddles him, too, while she's, like... Yeah. It's it's kind of like, they're, they're trying, like, real flirty energy here, and she it doesn't big work. J-O-I energy. <laughs> Joy. <laughs> yeah. I don't know I don't know why they tried to do anything regarding like a a love triangle but did nothing to resolve it at the same time. It's so weird. Also, who's in a love triangle with? She doesn't like anyone else and Cindy doesn't like him. Right, like that's the thing. Like he well, it, love. It, it's like very uh uh no exit where it's like Pro- Prompto likes Cindy but doesn't notice that Aranea likes him and Aranea doesn't care about Cindy at all. It's a love V, not a love triangle. Yeah. It's weird. Um, is this the point where you have, like, the semi-open world? You can just sort of drive around yes. in? Yes. Yep. Yeah, yeah, this, is, this yep. is that spot. This is where I took time to go and kill that behemoth. Yeah. It's a, it's a really long, yeah. annoying, boring fight. 
Because uh, uh, did you did any of you guys do that? Nope. Uh, no. So like, yeah. At I this played point, all of these yesterday, so I did the bare minimum. <laughs> yeah. So like, you can go out. Like the map here is actually pretty large, and you yeah, there's side quests all over. Yeah, and the side quests are like time dated, and they're all just fight a bunch of like soldiers or monsters. Like they started bringing in the monsters, and this is where like I feel like the engine just starts to really show like it's cracks because these these side quests are super long some of these well, it's like because you can't make your character do more damage and there's you don't do enough damage in final fantasy 15 it makes yeah. everything long and boring right well yeah I like the problem where i i got shoot out like i did one side quest i got five points to upgrade my my uh snowmobile and then okay, yeah here's another side quest i go to start going toward it i end up with like Going back up a hill, and I have to fight through four different Magitek armor at the same, or like big robots at the same time. And yeah, I'm constantly dying. I'm like, you know what? I'm done. Yeah, the, and the thing is, like, they're very stingy on. They call it CPU, CPU parts. Like almost every quest you do gives you three, which when that takes you like ten, fifteen minutes to, or like sometimes twenty minutes to fight some of these longer fights, and you get three. When an upgrade, you need at least five. Like. It's so fucking annoying. And I like, it wouldn't be bad if the snowmobile itself actually had more purpose than just a yeah. little, uh, couple of scenes. Like, I, I gotta say, though, like, making it very, fa- like, maximizing its uh, speed and then running into things and flying into the air is very fun. Oh, you're, like, Grand Theft Autoing it? Yeah, no, it, the, the engine is not used, like, you go super fast, and if you make a collision with something that, like, will launch you up, you go up, and it's amazing. <laughs> I should go back to play this. Yeah, it's, around. yeah, uh, the other thing is, like, there are places you can, like, pick up your weapons, but as far as I know, you can't leave, like, the quest area to, like, refill, so, like, you run out of your main weapon almost immediately, and then have to, like, throw your all your grenades or like just run around with just the pistol until you're lucky to get some crack shots off and it just makes these fights really sloggy and boss, that boss fight coming up is so long uh i i didn't find that one so long surprisingly but maybe just because i was also doing these side quests and they're like three times as long i was so bored yeah so uh, i guess the only side quest of note then is the is the kaiser behemoth which you can yeah, cheese. there's a Kaiser behemoth. You can cheese him. Uh, that's what I did. Finally, you get somebody takes down Kaiser Permanente. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's this is actually where I would go to replenish my weapons because there's a hut right next to him that has every single weapon and ammo in it. And uh, yeah, he he has a really tight leash radius, so you can stand in that hut, and yeah. he's level ninety nine, so he will just one shot you with all of his attacks, and you can either get good and dodge them all, or you can stand inside the hut. And fire the bazooka at him for like fifteen minutes because he can't get <laughs> yeah, inside the and, hut. And that's what I and, did. And he, great. Well, here's the other thing: like, there's not a good source of, of restorative items because all the items you really found were in the inside, like in the bases. And like, there are a couple places you could pick up a full restorative, but that's like one heal. And I picked. I yeah. found a, a cabin that had a bunch of stuff. Okay, I didn't find the cabin. Like, it was like five elixirs and ten high potions. Yeah. So if you do some of the quests, they'll give you f- like five elixirs is usually like what you get as long as the CPUs. But there are some like really dumb bullshit quests. Like there's one where you just uh, you have to dodge missiles, so you just ride around in your snowmobile in a circle for three minutes. 
And there's another one where it's literally, oh, find all the CPUs. So in this little area, they just drop like 12 CPUs and you get to just walk around and find them. Wow. It happens to be the most lucrative side quest in the game. You get 10 CPU for killing the behemoth. That's like two whole upgrades. Oh, he also gives you uh, five elixirs and two phoenix downs. If you have to kill a bunch of guys to upgrade your CPU, is Intel just like a labor camp? (laughs) I mean, that's one way to look at it. Do what's the fucked up thing too with about the uh, that I found out about the upgrades is that it's not sequential. Like if you just buy the third level of anything with fifteen credits, you don't have to buy the lower levels. So if you bought level. No. So if you so if you buy level by level, you actually wasted 15 CPUs, which are yeah. like five quests. It's so dumb. Yeah, if you, it's like, oh, I can buy the first level. Like, wait, the second level still costs 10? That doesn't make any sense. No, and, and it's like literally you could buy level 3 for 15 or you can buy each level and spend 30 for the same upgrade. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. Uh, so it sucks. Don't Don't do the side quests. It's really not worth it. So now that we're done with all the side quests, we're back to the main narrative. Yeah. We, uh, you, you head off in the morning, uh, after doing all the side quests, if you're like me and you find a corpse that looks like a person that has Lamia DNA and Prompto's Prompto sits down and then Noctis is there magically and pulls out his sword, advancing on him and Prompto holds up his hand and suddenly he's a Magitech trooper and you have to run away from Noctis because Noctis will mess you up good. That is fucking terrifying, by the way, to be on the other end of that incredible high mobility. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's it's pretty it's pretty effective, but it's also funny when, because the Magitech soldier run, does like a Naruto run. <laughs> yeah, they do. <laughs> yep. uh, suddenly there's a dog for some reason, and it is Prina who leads you down into a field of dead MTs. And one of them reaches up for Pronto, Prompto and you see Prompto in it. And then you put it back down. This uh, kind of like a, a Luke, Luke in the cave, seeing himself inside of Darth Vader's mask. Yeah, yeah, that's what it's doing. Yep. Then Prompto goes and comforts a sad version of his fat child self, and you get a mm-hmm. flashback to him reading the letter and wondering if he is good enough to support Noctis. I was really hoping we would get a sniff there. <laughs> oh, oh. Chris, I just learned that in DQ11, the snow town is called Sniffleheim. Yeah, I know. I beat no, that game. Go I can't. <laughs> Rejected. Uh. Matt, you go to a town that has a hot spring grotto and a volcano, and it's called Hotto. I mean, that, that's great. I, I, that, that's They're good. All, but, all the puns are so good. Yeah, but like. Especially because this is Niflheim, just makes it that much funnier to me. No, yeah, I'm I'm way into all the puns of Dragon Quest Eleven. Fucking shouts out to the localization, my guy. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, there, especially the town of Nam Nan. I, yeah, very good. I what I will say, the only redeeming feature of a Dragon Quest. <laughs> That's the only reason why I play him. And fuck you, by the no. way. No, uh, <laughs> I wish they didn't do it for the spells. The spells having dumb names makes me mad. It's fine. My child can't read. She just picks the one that does the biggest light show. Yeah, mm. I would. Ne- I will cast lightning. I will ne- never cast zippy zap. Come on, it's a little too cute. I do like. Uh, y- you get a spin, an AOE spin attack with an axe called the Axes of Evil. Very good. That's that's really <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow, are you the villain in that game? 
Uh, he is. He used to be. Okay, fair yeah. enough. Very pretty odds. good. That's, wow. They went there. <laughs> oh, so, there's a, uh, we'll do one more. There's a boss fight that's just a, someone that keeps uh, absorbing color into her painting called Dora in Gray. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that's, that. That's, that's pretty good, actually. <laughs> we get a scene of Prompto walking up to Aranea, and he says he's ready. He has to face his fears. He cannot choose where he came from, only where he will go. We storm a facility and find a new log about how Verstyle thinks the demon products, demon byproducts, should also be used as a weapon. And another log tells Monster us he... poop. Okay. Uh, another log tells us that he found a way to sustain a consciousness into a Magitech trooper, and he's going to try it on himself and become immortal as a well. We go through a door and fight a boss that is, what if the Yeti was part mecha? Uh, it takes a really long time and is very boring. Does, does it take that long? It didn't take me that long. I just used the sniper rifle and knocked it down and did a bunch of uh, crack shots. I could not find any guns in the room. So what? I just had to use the uh, no, there were not any guns there. Maybe it bugged out. So I had to use the revolver and I had to stand outside of range of his attacks, which meant I only did about 30 to 100 damage a shot. That I just, wow. I could grab rocket launchers. Yeah, no, so it like took the, a real long time. Yeah, because like there are weapons. There are weapon caches around the, the arena. So that's so I weird. Promise, I promise you I looked. Yeah, because. Yeah, without that, like, yeah, that would suck. But, like, yeah, the main fight, I, I was pretty hyped for this. Like, the animations look good. Like, I like the model, like, the enemy model. I kind of yeah, wish it was in the base game. <laughs> it looks cool, but it took 20 minutes. Yeah, that, that sucks. Sirens go off after we kill it, and we hear the uh, new unit has activated. It is basically like the uh, the giant sandworms from Final Fantasy X, but if they were a Metal Gear robot. Mm-hmm. Uh, the face, the head part is made out of drills. Uh, we do a turret sequence with a minigun off the back. It takes a really long time. Uh, I failed the second phase, and it makes you start the first phase all over again. Oh it's no! Really long boss fight. Oh my god! It takes so a we long start, time. Yeah, yeah, we start by uh shooting the palm part of the drill face, like the mouth part, mouth bits. Well, all the other drill, and then all the other drills before they can shoot a laser, and then there's a second phase where you just need to shoot it a bunch as it charges a super attack and my controller battery died so i had to do the whole thing over again rip Ooh. uh-huh i was wondering how you failed because it's pretty easy but yeah, no yeah. controller battery just con- died yeah 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 that sucks very cursed dlc for me yeah. like it's it like it's a pretty like high energy finish it's just you know it's not challenging or anything <clears throat> it would be it <clears throat> very boring too long it, yeah it it's would too be, long i would find it more high energy if it was shorter or there was like anything else to do it actually didn't feel that long to me but it's a long time to just hold a hold button it. yeah and just like trace around yeah it's it's not very like like the setting around it like the actual framing of it, it is good the problem is that plague it's not that interesting at least you don't have to worry about your weapon overheating or weapon drift or anything like that oh yeah that would have made it really suck so when we finish, Aranea asks if uh, I, do, I do like what? that this is the world's greatest snowmobile where it can carry like 50 to like several hundred pounds of bullets. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, I mean, 
we we didn't mention that when you're on the snowmobile, you have a uh, uh, like an infinite ammo machine gun, but it doesn't do a oh, lot of damage unless you it's like so upgrade good, it. Though it doesn't, the do sound it makes mm. is so good. I love it's the infinite sound. ammo machine pistol, uh, especially when you're in the first person view, which is how I drove the snowmobile. Oh, I yeah, I didn't do that. It's very exciting. Yeah, the problem is that like when you're fighting like a bunch of soldiers and you're just trying to circle around them, it's just kind of hard to like focus on just one and kill him. Kind yeah, he just auto aims at whatever's closest, right? Yeah, and you can't can you crash just run him over. Uh, yeah, you exactly. could also hit him, hit him with it, but but then like you have to do like a long. The turning radius isn't super great because it's a snowmobile. <laughs> so we just back up, back over him. Are snowmobiles just really fast tanks? Is that how snowmobiles like move? Yeah, like that pretty much. Thing? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's like because like you have one giant tread in the back, right? And then you have like the skis. So it's not like it's not like an ATV where like in some cases, if you turn the wheels to the left, like the back wheels turn too, so you can turn tighter. So you really it does feel like you're you're controlling a sled. Oh, is that the deal with go karts? Is that why they turn so fast? Some of them, yeah. Yeah, some of them where it's like there's back there's real rear wheel turning where so like if you turn left you know, the back, the top one's angle to the left and the other one's angle inward. So you I drove some go karts and I hated it. It's like a forklift actually has rear wheel steering, so it can oh, pivot yeah. a lot faster. Yeah, I did drive a cherry picker and the cherry pickers were like that. Yeah. Anyway, so when we finish uh, the fight, Aranea asks Prompto if he's going to be all right. And Prompto says, yeah, he couldn't have done it without her. And then Prompto heads off to catch up with Noctis and he has now has the resolve to tell them the truth about himself and they will never have a chance to accept them if he does not do that. But Arden uh, screen, is watching. Arden is there. Yep. The screen face. Oh, uh, do we met? We forgot to mention that part. Yeah. Arden is just chilling watching this happen. He's singing the Final Fantasy victory fanfare to himself. That's that is true. He does do that. Uh so the screen fades to black and we hear a weird sound. And over the credits, we see uh, Prompto after he is captured and put into the crucifix from chapter 13. How could you skip that? I wanted to know what the deal with that was. Uh, same. I was, well, I was he like, blew OK, up an important facility and killed an important guy. So they were just like, oh, we should capture that guy. It's not like there's anywhere to hide out in that snowfield. I mean, it's literally just Arden's like, OK, I'm just going to do this now. I mean, that that's pretty much the whole plot of this game is Arden just does whatever he feels like. No, he only, he does uh, what Bahamut tells him to, right? Always. Oh, no, no. He does whatever he feels like, but it basically will lead to the same place no matter what anyway. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't matter what decision he picks. Yeah. 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 So in the post credits, uh, we get a scene of Prompto sitting on the bed in the Capitol. So like one of the, the rest places in Chapter 13. Noctis rolls up to the bunk and they do the whole sitting facing opposite ways thing. <laughs> and Noctis apologizes to Prompto for being fooled and hurting him on the train. And Noctis uh, says after this is all over, he wants to break down the borders and come together as one nation. Oh Woohoo, I guess. What you're saying is that he's a globalist. No, what I'm <laughs> yes. saying is his nation, <laughs> Phil, as Phil pointed out, his nation already has two walls. Don't need borders if you already got the walls uh-huh yeah it's it's one of those like well why don't we just and like no <laughs> that's not how life works my dude mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we just need, well, well first you need royalty and uh you know yeah a whole feudal system and then you can break down the borders 
What I'm saying is make me king. Yes, sure. Tell me about episode prompto, not prompto. I oh, know we Ignis. still have we still have more stuff in this one. We there there's a there's a, a go karting, oh. snow snow snowboarding, what snow what? snow karting? Uh, okay. challenge what? tracks. There there are like oh. three different challenge tracks that you can fool around with your snow cart afterwards. Oh man, and I actually want to do a, that. That actually sounds like fun. I'm probably yeah, going to do that too. And then there's an optional post boss fight against Arania. Yeah, and yeah, there is that. He's strong and I didn't bother fighting her. He's like, well, it wasn't yeah. a fun fight. I is thought. that point to point racing, like when you can race your monster truck? I don't remember. Still can't believe it, you get a fucking monster truck. You also yeah. get a you get a gun for finishing this in the main game. Pretty good, mm-hmm. and uh, a, a costume and a new bullet art. Yeah, yeah. So like in all of these uh, DLCs, uh, you you end up earning two like two tech trees or tech skills and then the third one unlocks when you finish it. That's pretty uh, much what happens in all these. There's uh, the dialogue box for the um, for getting the outfit says you acquire you received the Tundra <laughs> uh-huh. attire for Prompto change into your new outfit and let the cold know it never bothered you anyway. Thanks Square Enix. Yeah. Uh-huh. Do they just really love Frozen over there? It is hugely popular in Japan. You know, like Japan got a, a frozen decal exclusive PS4, I think. Yeah, oh my God. that joke seems like it's a more of a localization joke than a translation joke. You would think that until this is the same company that shot for shot recreated the Let It Go <laughs> scene in Kingdom Hearts, except Donald, Sora, that and Goofy so are there good. too. No, it wasn't, it wasn't the exactly the clip. same. Yeah, because don't, they fi- don't. it's actually better. Don't make me play that game. That game is very good, actually. Like, it's it plays okay. good. I think you would like it. The play is uh-huh. good. I don't... I wanted to like it about more than 13. I did. But oh, I guess I like that's that they just put all of all the mechanics in it. Yeah. Well, just, I'll, yeah I'll know I like... how I feel about it once the final mix equivalent comes out. Yeah. In 2025. I'm gonna buy that. I think it's actually, ne- like, next year. Like, like early next year, yeah. Yeah, it's a DLC instead of, like, a new disc pressing. Oh, okay. Yeah. Weird. Oh, so it's gonna be like a royal edition. Got yeah, it. kind of. Yeah, yeah kind of. Yeah, you know, it's the first time they've been able to release a game on a console that that you can just patch. That is true. Yeah. And that I think. Well, I guess you could have done that on Vita, right? Or 3DS. Can you do that on 3DS? Uh, I guess you can or... do it on 3DS, but you get yeah, but they don't for updates. games. You get yeah, PSP like... updates for games. I got a fucking update for Jean d'Arc one time. <laughs> uh, I mean. Not not on the scale of a of a final mix. That's true. That's yeah. true. That was back when memory cards were like fucking five hundred and twelve megabytes. Yeah, and yep. expensive. And then, so the last one would have been the PS2, and good luck patching a PS2 game. Pat. Well, they did release the collections for PS3. This is me, Chris Taylor from the future, recording an outro for the episode you just listened to. Uh, it ran a little long, so we had to split it in half, and we decided to put Ignis and Arden in the same episode because they are both really closely related to the main plot instead of side plots. So, thanks for listening to this episode. 
Hope you listen to the next one. The next one will be the last one of the season. In the meantime, why don't you go to tentacle.pro? It's a real website. It goes to our Patreon, where you can give us money for all of the hard work that we put into this. Again, thanks for listening. If you didn't rate interview our podcast, uh, see you in hell, fucker. Till next time. This podcast was brought to you by the Pitch Drop Podcast Network. Like what you just heard? Support the show by going to patreon.com forward slash pitch drop. And while you're at it, check out pitchdrop.net for more of this and other shows.